come to our attention that a mysterious force is loose somewhere in outer space. Welcome to Talk Tank. Hello, you have reached the Talk Tank, the official LSE Entrepreneurs podcast where we delve into the minds of those who think, live and breathe outside the box. My name is Jessica G and I will be your host for today. Welcome to Bits and Bytes, our series dedicated to innovation and technology at the heart of society's change. By searching into the technology that drives transformation, we'll meet the humans who revolutionize our lives bit by bit. As you may have already noticed, this year at the beginning of every Talk Tank episode, we shout out our sponsor, the OVH Cloud Startup Program. Well, today you actually get to meet our generous supporter, Philip Murray, who is the leader of OVH Cloud's global startup program, an accelerator that has scaled up over 2,500 startups around the globe. With 20 years in the startup space and experience in software development, consulting, business coaching, and creating his own university incubator, hear the startup experts' advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. You might want to take notes for this one. Okay, so at this point, we will have already introduced you briefly, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself in depth to our audience? So who are you? Who is Philip Murray? And what do you do? Thanks, Jessica. Yeah, great to be with you and uh, looking forward to uh, the conversation. So I'm Philip Murray, as you heard, and I'm currently the global startup program leader for the OVH Cloud Startup Program, and more about that later, but I'm married, I've got four children living in the UK, uh, but I trained as an engineer in South Africa. And, um, and basically, you know, in terms of career, you, know, you can make some decisions yourself and, and, uh, and others kind of get helped a bit based on what's going on around you in the world. At the time, uh, when I finished studying the the dot-com bubble was uh, growing nicely. So, the, you know, the internet was the big thing and, and that kind of moved me from engineering into software development world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I got involved with an internet security company rather than an engineering one. Uh, and that company it was a South African company called Thought, uh, was then mm-hmm. bought out by a USA giant called VeriSign, that digital certificates. A business mm. and that resulted in me moving from the software development world into the venture capital world uh, not because i acquired a huge amount of money but because the the owner of this previous company thought uh, sold the company for over 500 million us dollars and um and yeah so we joined them and we started um investing in startups and that's effectively where, I, where i've stayed from a career point of view first in the venture capital company as i said uh, and then in uh, working in the in the university tech environment uh, with technology transfer, um, you know, running business incubator, as you said. Um, so for the university, I launched this this business incubator, and um, that kind of got me involved in the the startup corporate incubation space, which I enjoy. And that's when we, as a family, decided to move to the UK in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking in that space and this and where the job with OVH Cloud came up. Uh, and that's where I've been now for the last two and a bit years. 
Yeah. I see. So quite the transition, you know, moving from South Africa, doing software development, so a lot of like tech coding, and then going into venture capital, as you said, and incubation. And how did you kind of go into business coaching as well? So, yeah, that was a, an interesting transition. So, um, you know, as I said, I'd been with us doing software development for this internet security company. We got bought out and we kind of invented ourselves into this venture capital company, uh, this you know, founder was now had a, was a now high net worth individual. People were sending in proposals, and we decided mm -hmm. to start. Uh, well, you know, effectively, uh, this team that he brought with him uh, decided to you know start this venture capital company in South Africa. We were quite an uh, the VC industry was very new in South Africa at the time, and uh, so we were kind of pioneering in a way, particularly the early stage investments. And so I was doing technical evaluations on proposals initially, but then started sitting on the boards of these investment companies. And so we needed skills around, you know, how to coach uh, businesses. So I went through some business coaching uh, training and really realized that, um, you know, this was something that, that I was actually quite passionate about. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, you know, I developed my skills while I was at the venture capital company, uh, and, and then actually went off and did this as a, as, as a, my own consulting company for a while as well. Before we discuss the OVH cloud program that you're leading, um, let's first talk a bit about what OVH Cloud is to start. So for our listeners, would you mind explaining what OVH Cloud does and why the service is important? Yes, no, great. So uh, OVH Cloud has been running since 1999. So we're over 20 years old now. Um, we are a cloud provider. So um, that, what that means is we've got our own data centers, right? So we we uh, got our own data centers that we own. We've got 33 of them in 12 locations around the world. And they are all custom built, uh, water cooled, so very energy efficient. And at the moment, 79% renewable energy driven. It'll be 100% by 2025. That's the target. Um, and these, you know, th these data centers are run by a team of two and a half thousand of us around the world. So it's not only you know running the data centers. We obviously uh, we've got marketing teams and what have you, selling cloud products effectively to uh, to the market. We've got 1.6 million customers, right from you know hosting domain names to hosting websites uh, to the more high end uh, cloud products like uh, public cloud, which is your very um, scalable, flexible type of product, which is perfect for startups when they're getting going. You pay by the hour, you pay by the month. Uh, you can build things up and you can pull them down just as quickly. Uh, you know, so if you're doing a, you know, running a, a trial, you can you pay while you're running the trial, and when the trial's over, you just close it all down. And, and so it's very efficient, you know, in, uh, from the cost point of view. And there's lots of managed services on top of the public cloud. It's called public cloud because it's shared hardware, right? So uh, you mm -hmm. you will have one or more instances on a machine where there might other be other customers who also have instances. It's it's very private. Oh, I see. And it's you know you, you can't see each other's data, and you have uh, although you're sharing resources, we we make sure that you get enough resources for your instances. Um, and then we also have a product called Private Cloud, which is uh, dedicated hardware. So it's clusters of machines managed by a software layer, and that's kind of an enterprise solution who wants um, you know whose customers or who uh, you know some industries like healthcare require certification of hardware that needs to be dedicated. And so we've got that kind of solution. Oh, yeah. And then we've also got bare metal servers, which are literally like renting a machine in the in the in a data center where you have the whole machine, but you kind of 
build on top of it. You have to do all the work on top of that machine. So we've got a number, we've got quite a, a broad range of these cloud products that you can effectively rent time. So in the, in the past, you know, you'd have your the business would have had their machine in their office with them. And then we had the, you know, the first kind of rack uh, racks that you would mm-hmm. rent where you'd go and put your machine in a big data center and they, they would just really provide connectivity to the internet. And now you can literally rent a machine or just an instance on a machine, uh, on a shared machine. And obviously, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's more cost effective. It, it, it converts your, uh, your capital expense of com- you know, computer power into an operating expense. You can just rent it when you need it. Uh, so that's the, the, benefit, the benefit for business. Oh, I see. So this is all for the sake of data storage though, right? It's for, it's for storing data, but it's also for running your application. Uh, so if you've got a mobile app, uh, you know, the, that will be sitting, the back end of that will be sitting in the cloud, right? And uh, the data goes from the mobile app into the cloud uh, and then it gets, you know, gets manipulated there and then stored uh, and, ac- and accessed again. So the, the, the cloud is if the, these data centers are effectively, you know, where your data is stored and manipulated. And you said a while ago that 79% of the um, like energy is like clean right now or renewable and you're aiming for 100% for uh, like what OVH cloud is being fueled by? Yes, effectively the back end power. So we, we've reduced our energy consumption as much as possible by using water cooling, which means we, if you actually walk into our data centers that, yeah, so we've reduced our energy consumption First of all, energy efficiency by using water. So you walk into our data centers, they're not actually cold because we don't run, we don't run air conditioners, which are very in, inefficient energy wise. Uh, they're actually hot because they're water cooled. Um, but um, then also the, the energy that we do require, we, re, we uh, receive from renewable sources, right? So it's efficient in the, first, in the first step. And then secondly, the power that we do use comes from renewable sources. Oh, interesting. Do you know if a lot of other like cloud-based services, they do this type of like renewable energy or using water as a coolant like Microsoft and Amazon, or is it more something that is niche to you guys? Um, yeah, I, I can't comment on the exact numbers. As far as I know, we are a leader in terms of, of green energy. Um, um, but, you know, obviously, particularly the, because data centers are large consumers of energy, you know, there is a lot of pressure on them. Um, I understand we're ahead of the curve in terms of, you know, meeting those kinds of targets and things like that. I've been seeing a lot in articles recently that the term cloud native gets thrown a lot. Um, People say like a cloud native startup, like fintech such as Monzo, HSBC, Capital One, they're all becoming cloud native. But as someone who's not very techie, I don't really know exactly what that means. So would you mind explaining to me, you know, what is a cloud native startup since OVH Cloud uh, is a cloud-based provider? Um, And then... What's the point of a startup becoming cloud native and why is it important? Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, I kind of spoke about that progression from a machine in your office to a, a rack in a data center now to, to uh, you know, renting an instance on a machine and, and uh, mm. a cloud and, and actually sort of cloud technology has gone one layer further now where uh, software developers use containers uh, to develop their okay. apps, which means that you lift the user management from the operating level, operating system level, sorry, to a level where the only concern is about the container and what runs in the container. And this provides the benefits like the ability to isolate different parts of your mobile application, 
you offer. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, you could separate, um, uh, you know, different parts of the application. So it just means that if one part goes down, you can, you know, the, the rest of it keeps on running and you can easily restart these containers and, and copy them uh, if you have more users that are coming online. So if you need more scalability. So it, it's, a, it's a way of isolating and reusing features and rapidly deploying more resources if needed. So you can kind of think of layers where the machine is your bottom layer and, uh, and then your, your operating system is another layer. And then your instance is a, is a, you know, is a sort of a, a micro kind of operating system on top of that. And your container is another layer on top of that, which just gives you this flexibility where you don't have to worry about all the, the stuff that's ha happening below, but allows you to rapidly, you know, deploy bits of your app or, or, uh, deploy more of it so that you can handle more users quickly and effectively cloud native is building with uh, with containers right from the beginning so whereas you know you know a traditional app development uh was kind of a an application with a database now you've got your application broken into these little bits each of them going into a container based on you know whether you're handling kind of your users or the or the the, the, end, the front end or, or the back end and you'd, you'd have a, a different bit in in each container, um, mm -hmm. and um, and so that that that's exactly what cloud native means. It means building with these containers in mind right from the beginning. And I think now that I know so much about OVH Cloud, their service, and how important it is, why don't we move on to talking about the startup program that you run? Um, so, firstly, what does your program actually provide to startups? Yeah, great. So, so just first of all, we've been running since two thousand and fifteen already, and as you heard, we've We've helped uh, two and a half thousand startups through the program. We cater now for both startups and scale-ups. So scale-up would be typically a startup that's now received Series A funding or beyond. Mm -hmm. And um, and we we can assist you with up to 100,000 euro and physical cloud credits. So to use with these different products that I've spoken about, the, the public cloud, yeah. the hosted private cloud, as well as up to 20 hours of uh, en engineer support. So, you know, one of the things with, with the cloud is, um, different clouds have different, um, nuances that you need to take into account. And so being able to spend time with an engineer really helps you to get set up the first time to know what's going to be the best way to do it with, with our cloud. Um, mm -hmm. as a program as a whole, we really provide a concierge journey onto our cloud, uh, because we, you know, we personally onboard you in whatever wow. region of the world that you're in, and we are a global program. We, uh, we give you this time with, uh, an engineer. Um, mm -hmm. we, and then we also look, you know, to help you with the other parts of, of your business. Um, maybe not directly, but with the help of partners. So, you know, key for any person running a startup is access to funding, access to, to markets, um, mm -hmm. events about business needs and, and technology needs. So we, we run events that, that can help you both from both from a technology point of view, but also from a business point of view. Wow. Okay. That's really impressive actually. Cause one of my later questions that I wrote down was since you guys like adopt 2,500 startups, how do you cater each um, individual experience for them? Instead of just having like an overall program that doesn't have much reach. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering, cause there's gotta be an application process. And then you guys obviously select the startups, um, who enter this program, but how do you decide and how can you tell, you know, based on a simple application or some Google searches, um, a good startup from a bad startup, like what are things you look for and maybe what are some red flags too? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard. We, we have a very, by 
choice. We've got quite a simple application process because we don't want to make it onerous for, for startups to apply. But there are a few things that we look at. So, you know, stage of development. If, you, if, you, if you're not ready to deploy on the cloud, you know, you wouldn't qualify, right? So you need to have some kind of proof yeah. of concept or, uh, what, you know, the, the term these days is MVP, which stands for minimum viable product. Uh, we okay. even look at something as simple as do you have a website up and running, you know, which, which gives us some indication of your traction on it, you know, that you've got some, some customers. And then we also based on the type of application you're deploying, we, we, we can also make quite a good estimate about your type of cloud spend. So we, we're not, the startup program is not if you're just wanting to host a website, right? It's, it's if, you, if you're wanting to build some kind of scalable product on the cloud, um, you, if you're wanting to, you know, something that's globally applicable, uh, that has scale potential mm. effectively. Um, and is there like an interview process as well where you actually get to meet the founders or talk to the people behind the idea? Yes. So, so in the application process, we, we don't do that as part of our application process, but once you've mm -hmm. been selected, um, you then, like I said, you get onboarded. So that would be a meeting where we want to find out exactly what your needs are. And, you know, we, we then align that with the, the specific value that we had in the program. So, for example, we do shout outs on social media for all our members. That's part of the sort of personal touch that we provide. And um, so, you know, we, we, um, we find out if this is something that you want to do. We also you kind of understand what your technology needs are so that we can connect you with the right engineer. Um, we, we understand what your business needs are so we can tell you which events that you might want to attend accessing yeah. funding or accessing new customers and things like that so from these 2500 startups and since it's a global startup program so something i'm curious about is where are most of these startups coming from i know that ovh cloud is a french service if i'm correct so do you see a lot from europe or other continents any specific countries where you see a lot of these startups coming from yeah so although we were we were founded in france in Roubaix, actually by a polish entrepreneur uh we now are very much a global company um that being said you know it's it's all about brand recognition when you when you're looking globally and so mm -hmm. you know in france in southern europe and central and eastern europe the brand tends to be more well known than other parts of the world um so if you, if you kind of look at where we get most of our our startup applications from europe is definitely the leader uh, and by country uh, you know france is the leader, then UK is next, uh, then Germany, then Spain, then Italy. So yeah, it gives you a bit of an idea of, of where the focus yeah. is. Ah, I see, I see. And have there been any startups, you know, very notable to you or that we may have heard of, or that you just love the idea behind that you can kind of tell us about? Yeah, sure. So some past ones um, mm -hmm. that, uh, that are notable are, are first of all, these are two that were back in 2016 that went through the program, one called OpenIO. So they're a S3 compatible storage solution. So S3 is a, actually an Amazon product that's become almost like a, a standard in the industry. Uh, mm. And so, um, you know, this OpenIO is, is basically effectively uh, matched that and created an API for, for S3. Anyway, so it's a type of storage for your data in the cloud, right? And it's high, oh. it's high performance. So we actually, they went through our program and we actually then, uh, two years ago, ended up acquiring them. And so they have now become oh, part of so. our offering. So if, yeah, so that's obviously a great success. This, the startup went through our program, um, 
obviously negotiated with OVH Cloud and, and, they, and we became their exit. So that's not the norm, but that is still a great story. Um, so that, you know, they're not even called OpenIO now, they're actually part of our product offering. Um, but yeah, that's, that's exception, not the norm. Another one is data, yeah. data EQ. So they are a data science platform, basically an enterprise data science platform where, where enterprises can do their, their whole data science journey with uh, data EQ from ingesting data to, you know, training artificial intelligence models and then deploying mm. them. And um, so they went through our program also in 2016. They're now, you know, they're a unicorn. So, you know, mm -hmm. billion, wow. billion, uh, billion dollar valuation. Mm -hmm. um, and then more recently, uh, so some of the ones out of France, there's a company called Letria. They take text data and turn it into actionable insights using AI. So you'll see AI is quite a, a, quite a big theme that comes up. Uh, another yeah, definitely. Yeah, another company called Combigo. They they allow you to you know uh, book tickets on a multiple types of transport in a very efficient way, and even you can choose green tickets. So you know um, renewable energy uh, energy friendly uh, travel solutions through their uh, their platform. Um, cool. Then uh, one in, in in southern Europe, Internext. They they provide almost like a uh, Dropbox kind of product, but it's very secure. Um, mm -hmm. The way they they secure your data, so it's a file storage system. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, in the UK, we've got a company called Causal Lens. They've just actually raised forty five million US dollars, and they wow. they help uh, provide explainable and human centered artificial intelligence for for their customers. So again, another AI focused one. Yeah, so that's a gives you a bit of an array across, um, you know, Europe in terms of some of the, the, the ones that are standing out at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these seem very similar or almost like they've learned something from the, from OVH cloud in the program. Like you said, one was going into renewable energy, had a green ticket option. And a lot of these are to do with data. So very interesting, the type of like startups that, um, OVH cloud adopts. Um, and then I was kind of wondering as well, cause you mentioned that these were a lot of like past startups. So when does a startup really graduate from the program? And after they graduate, I guess, I know if it's them using all their credits or whatnot, um, how do you kind of treat alumni? Like do you, does OVH Cloud keep in contact with them or just check in on them every now and then, or, or they, they're just free in the world to do whatever they want? Yeah. So we have part of the, the journey with them is, uh, you know, so it's a 12 month contract. We effectively sign with them saying, so we're going to give you X amount of, lot of credits and support. And, you know, basically mm -hmm. it's, you know, use it or lose it in terms of the credit and the time. So if the 12, when the 12 months comes to an end, if you haven't spent all your credit, you effectively lose it. Um, but what we do then is three months before the end of the program, we actually then connect them with, with our sales team. So to help them with their future product needs and, um, and, you know, we find that really useful in terms of, yeah, because it really helps to understand the different the, these variety of products that I've explained. It's, it's quite complex, to be honest, in terms of, you know, I've, I've mentioned three different product areas, but there's so many different storage solutions for your data. There's so many different mm. data analytics solutions, whether it's AI or, or, or other uh, types of uh, data analysis that you can do. Um, mm -hmm. So you need, you need a lot of expert input to, you know, to help improve your offering to your customers you know, with the help of our sales team. So that's, that's the kind of first thing we do. 
uh, and that really continues their, their journey with us. From a startup program point of view, they remain alumni. They, they continue to get our newsletter. They're, they're welcome to mm. attend our events and things like that. Um, you know, we, uh, we always look to, we'll, we might still include them, you know, in events on panels, for example, that we do, uh, you know, yeah. to talk about, you know, their products and services in the, in the light of whatever the theme is of that particular event. Mm, okay. And just to be clear, so there's no commission or anything that you guys get as like the program coordinators or anything, right? It's just like a free service you offer to startups. Absolutely. No, there's no, we don't take any equity in the. In the startups, we yeah. don't. Um, there's no. So, there's no commission or anything. So yeah, the the, the, the up to a hundred thousand credit is no strings attached. They don't even have to use it once they've wow. they've been given it. Uh, they there's no obligations at all. It's a, just a. It's a. It's really like I said, a concierge journey onto our cloud. Where, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we we you know just as a company as, as well, we one of our values is transparency, and and the other one is freedom. And so mm. we are, you know, you see it even in our pricing, uh, which is simple and transparent. And you also see it in the way we uh, handle our customers' data. We'll never use our customers' data to, you know, create value for ourselves. We always, we, we, we really help with local data legislation to make sure that you're compliant and that, you know, your data can't be kind of moved out of that jurisdiction. Um, wow. You know, like for example, GDPR compliance, it's very important that your data doesn't move out of Europe. Uh, yeah, yeah. unless you know it's kind of meeting certain requirements so yeah so we we we, we said and we and one of our values is that you you know that you really are free to innovate with your data um yeah. on our cloud i see i see okay it's just very surprising to hear because you know all companies are very profit-based so to have this whole venture or like you know thing that ovh cloud does um which has been running as you said since 1999 and like 2,500 startups and, you know, all of this like catered advice and moving them to the sales team in the last three months and so many like free services to help people who are starting out or trying to scale up. Um, I'm wondering what does OVH Cloud kind of gain or, or why do you guys do this? Well, ultimately, we, we, you know, we hope that these startups and scale-ups are going to stay with us as, as, a, as customers. So, uh, you know, so obviously ah, for, the, yeah. for the first 12 months, uh, you know, they're supported by the program, these credits. But then beyond yeah, that, yeah. beyond that, we hope that they will continue to use those products and, that, and then they start mm -hmm. paying effectively. So, you know, so with the thing with a the startup, there's, there's a lot of uncertainties, there's a lot of risks early on. Uh, they're trying mm -hmm. to find their product market fit. And, um, and, and so we want to, we want to uh, give, help to de-risk that journey a bit um, by providing this credit so that they, you know, get further down their runway, have more opportunity to raise funding and, and get more clients on board without having to carry that cost of the cloud, uh, which can mm -hmm. be very significant if, if um, you know, particularly if you're running high-end applications with artificial intelligence and, and things like that. It is a known fact that around like 90% of startups fail, um, which is astoundingly high when you contrast that to these very, very bright entrepreneurs. So what I want to ask you as someone who's been in the space for 20 years now, um, why do you think so many startups fail? Yeah, it is a good question. Uh, it's, um, you yeah, know, I don't like, think there'll just be like one little no, answer. I know, like, no, 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 I'm just trying yeah. to, I'm trying to, word, you know, kind of word this correctly, but the, the, the kind yeah. of, the, the, the word that I really came up to is effort. And it's not that, you know, these bright people 
don't put in the effort, but it's it's a, it's quite a sustained effort because there's, there's kind of a, you hit barrier after barrier after barrier. First of all, like I said, you've got to find this product market fit. So even though you have a good idea, yeah. right, you've actually got to be able to be willing enough to listen to your customer, the market, until mm-hmm. you actually hear what they want rather than what you think they want. And that that is a mm-hmm. that is a challenge and a personal barrier that you're going to have to overcome. Because in a way, you've got to let go of your idea, and you yeah. you can't just be comfortable sitting in your in your behind your computer developing the idea. You have to get out there and speak to the market, and not just one person, a hundred pe- per people, sometimes even a thousand people. So you can hear that mm. there's a lot of effort involved in really understanding what the market wants. So that's your first problem. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got to find. Okay, once you feel like you've developed something that the market wants, you've got to then find more customers. So you've got to have this traction because if you don't have traction, you're going to have to you're going to struggle with the next level of effort, which is to find the funding to grow your business. So it's mm-hmm. you, you are pushing, you know, as, as you are a real pioneer as as an entrepreneur. It's um it really uh, requires you to be pushing through barriers the whole time, going the extra mile speaking to 10 more customers than your your competitors doing um and um yeah and you know and, and innovating in terms of how you reach the customer how you uh find you know uh, speaking to more investors you know it's the more you do the the more chance you've got of getting that breakthrough and so it's uh it's it's not a it's not an easy journey yeah definitely agree with that um, and the whole thing with effort, of course, too. Um, but before OVH Cloud, you, you've always kind of had, I guess, an interest in startups because you created an incubator um, at a university and the incubator was called the Launch Lab. You worked with it for six years as CEO and a specialist. Um, and it's kind of interesting because I hear so many students are creating startups every day, especially at my school, LSE, but no one actually creates something that's integrated with the school like an incubator. Um, and from what I can understand as well, it wasn't at your school, it was at a different school, at another university. So how did you create this whole incubator at another university and, and what was that process like? Yeah, so um, as I said, I, I'd moved from the, the venture capital company to running my own coaching consulting company and it was mm. and it was a university in South Africa, so not the one that I studied at, but one that was wasn't too far away from that one. Yeah. That um, cool. that asked me to get involved there. First of all, actually, with spinning out technologies from the university. So you know, universities are places of research. Some of that is patentable, and then you know, mm. and then there's the opportunity to commercialize that. So I got involved first of all in helping them to commercialize this research that was happening at the university, and then mm. uh, the next step after that was was a request to help them with entrepreneurial programs for for the students, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. students wanted to learn how to be entrepreneurs, to uh, to develop entrepreneurial skills and thinking. And so we started mm-hmm. running entrepreneurial programs on the campus. Mm-hmm. And, and that then started to build a community of entrepreneurs on the campus, right? Much like, you know, your um, uh, LSE society. society yeah. Exactly. So now you've got this community of of people now the, the next step is then to if you've got a community now you can motivate for a space right and um and so that's where the 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 business incubator came out so we we we, we got the permission from the university for a specific space we then raised funding mm-hmm. from from governments and from from the university 
to develop that space. And then we, we moved this community that were in a kind of a bit of a temporary space and all over the place really, then into the space. And, and then we started, you know, expanding nationally in terms of offering those, you know, the programs that we were running in that space actually to a broader community. So we had a virtual community and a, and a, and a local community. And, and it was a mixture actually of student entrepreneurs, but also other entrepreneurs as well, because it's this, you know, the, the whole thing about this uh, startup entrepreneurship is the ecosystem. It's all about connections. It's about connectors, connections to other entrepreneurs because you learn from each other. It's connections to funders. It's connections to business who could potentially be your customers. Um, it, yeah, so a network is absolutely key. And that's where, you know, an incubator is a brilliant uh, place for an entrepreneur because when, you, when you're in a space like that, there's more people that know about your business. There's more people that are thinking about your business and you're more likely to create connections in order to grow your business. So now we're going to move on to another section. This is our section we call Real Talk. If you could change one thing about society, what would it be and why? Yeah, no, obviously a great question. Um, mm. I, I think it's the, the way we view each other. Yeah. Um, we come with, you know, a set sort of rigid ideas in our mind of how, you know, someone should look or someone should behave. Um, and, you know, that creates barriers, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think you know, flexibility of mind, um, is certainly something that I think would, uh, you know, would benefit society. We'd see, um, you know, people being more understanding of each other, um, people more open to opportunities and, uh, and, and instead of, you know, seeing uh, barriers, which, um, and, uh, and, and problems where, you know, where, and, and that's why I love working with entrepreneurs, right? Mm. is that they, you know, they always see the opportunity where people see problems. Um, so, yeah. you know, I think they, they portray this ability to, um, to see something with, you know, with different eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and I think that, you know, that's, so they, they, you know, where, where society sees a problem, they all see an opportunity and they'll turn that into a product or a service. Mm. Um, and effectively, you know, where that, the problem is relates to a person, right? And they, they're effectively saying, instead of saying, well, I'm irritated because this person's got a problem, I'm really gonna, rather going to solve their problem for them and make their lives easier. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a, it's a different perspective. It's a, a can-do yeah. attitude. It's a, you know, you're a, you're a human like me uh, attitude mm -hmm. and, and, and I see your problem and I'm willing to help you solve it. And they get a, re yeah, and they get a reward for that. Um, so I think, yeah, they're, 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 uh, yeah, I think that would be my my answer no no i really really like that answer open-mindedness kind of trying to eliminate this prejudgment or preconceived notions of someone or something and adopting a different perspective a different mindset yeah very very good and then the second signature question is what's an unconventional truth you believe helped you achieve your success yeah so i guess um the one that that i would say for myself is having faith um mm. uh, a particular quote that I like is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Um, which is a quote by Henry Ford. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it's, it's so applicable for the entrepreneurial community. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, for, for us in life in general, 
it's um it really it, it's a it's a choice uh to move forward and have faith and uh and uh you know it's because you know i think any type of success is really not, not so much a, a destination as it is a journey so mm -hmm. you really need to keep going uh and and think that you can and yeah. and you're right yeah yeah it makes total sense and so the last question i want to ask um in real talk is is there any advice you'd give to current students wanting to go into startups? Yes. So uh, one book that I recommend is The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, <laughs> which I'm sure has been, uh, it, for me, it just, it's a very um, realistic view of the, of the tough side of entrepreneurship. And so, you know, if, if you're still keen after that, then, then it's, mm. it's really is just, you know, do it because if you think you can, you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, very cool. I might check that book out. Yeah, I, I actually, I think my previous interview or something, there's a lot of books like this. Um, and the funny thing is that not a lot of entrepreneurs read them, but the last person I interviewed, they wrote a book actually very similar. It was called like Failing to Win, um, Lessons from a Failure-Driven Startup or something. And it was all about their, their failures and like also the brutal truths behind entrepreneurship so, and why um, that 90% figure of startup failing is so high. So no, no, I definitely think that's a good book to recommend to our audience and they'd be keen to read it. Anyway, so thank you for your time, uh, Philip, and for talking to us about your trek through the startup ecosystem and the program you lead at OVH Cloud, uh, which we will link info for in the description below of this episode. To wrap up our interview though, we have one final question to ask you. So if the flip, the script was kind of flipped and you were in my seat and you were an interviewer and you could invite anyone in the world you want for a podcast interview, they could be fictional, dead or alive, um, who would you invite and why? Um, it, it would be Henry Ford. Um, I, I, love it. I love his quotes that I think he, you know, he was somebody that could see something different in his time. Yeah. And um, so it'd be interesting to, um, you know, learn more about somebody like that who, you know, obviously he's quite far back in history and, uh, um, yeah, so that, that's the person I would choose. Yeah. And yeah, I also am a huge fan of Henry Ford. I remember in high school, I did a project on him and his biography and he was definitely a revolutionary figure during the industrial revolution. So love, love that, um, person that you picked anyway. Thank you so much once again, Philip, for coming on. No, thanks Jessica. It was great to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week and leave your message after the beep.